It is party time in Friday night of September 17, 2021. Promising young teacher Sabina Nessa is walking to the pub to hang out with friends after a day of work. Little did she know that it was the last night of her life. The next morning, her body was found in the park in disrepair. Welcome back to our channel. Today, we will discuss the case of Sabina Nessa, who was brutally murdered near her place in London. This is one of the cases that shocked and hurt British society. Sabina Nessa, a promising young teacher, was attacked and murdered in a public area in London one dark night. The scary thing is that this case is not only an act of violence against an individual, but also a warning to the entire society about the danger and cruelty of criminals. When we go into the case, we feel even more shivering about the details, traces and motives of the perpetrator. The nightmares and fears of Sabina Nessa and her family have spread to everyone. We can't help but wonder if it's safe for us to go out on the street on a dark night. The Sabina Nessa case is a reminder that we need to be vigilant and take care of our personal security. The proceedings for our case today take place in the humongous metropolis of London, which is, of course, the capital city of the United Kingdom. Due to the fact that London has been inhabited for close to 2,000 years, there is a significant amount of historical significance and economic growth associated with the city. It is a prosperous and varied city that is well known for its buildings, businesses, entertainment, and, of course, its tourists. Buckingham Palace, Big Ben, the Royal Family, and the underground are typically the first things that come to mind when people think of London. But in my opinion, this city has an infinite number of locations where one may dine, rest, and, of course, drink coffee. As a result of the city's age, the skyline of London is distinguished by the different forms of architecture that have been seen throughout its history. These styles range from ancient Roman buildings and medieval castles all the way up to some of the most remarkable skyscrapers that can be found in our current day and age. These days, the cost of living in contemporary London is among the highest anywhere in the world. Because of this, a significant number of British citizens are unable to live there. On the other hand, this is undoubtedly one of the reasons why London has more millionaires per capita than any other city in the world. In this particular instance, we will be concentrating on the borough of Greenwich, which is found immediately south of the River Thames. It is in this ancient London borough that we first meet Sabina Nessa, who is 28 years old and eventually settled here. Sabina was born in the county of Bedfordshire, which is located to the north of London. Her mother, Azurban Nessa, and her father, Abdul Ruff, were devoted parents, and she was the middle child of their three daughters. They had originally moved from Bangladesh to England in the hope of providing a more comfortable way of life for their growing family after realizing that England offered better opportunities. Sabina's mother, Azurban, was a stay-at-home mother, while her daughter's father managed a modest restaurant that served food from both India and Bangladesh. 
and despite the fact that it was demanding work for him, Sabina's parents made sure there was always enough time for the whole family to spend together. Sabina had a joyful childhood because she was raised in a family that loved each other. She was kind and outgoing, and she had a deep affection for animals. She frequently lobbied her family for more animals to care for. This included everything from fish in tropical aquariums to budgerigars, and it was meant to supplement the three cats that they already had. Even if this is simply a memory from her youth, her parents say that she would frequently sit in the back garden to play with her feline bodies and that this was in keeping with her passion for animals. Sabina enjoyed being in the company of others and, as a result, took a great deal of pleasure in acquiring a deeper understanding of others. Sabina made the decision to relocate when she received her high school diploma in 2011, and she enrolled in the sociology program at the University of Greenwich. She completed all of the requirements for her bachelor's degree in 2014. She moved back in with her family in Bedfordshire when she completed her education, and she spent the next several years trying to figure out how to navigate her way into adulthood. It was during this time that she realized her goal in life was to become a teacher, with a particular focus on assisting children in their early years. Sabina, on the other hand, had no intention of limiting her activities to the United Kingdom. She hoped to one day teach while living in another country, but in order to do so, she would need to have a degree in education. As a consequence of this, she returned to her studies and ultimately earned her degree from the University of Bedfordshire in 2020. After receiving her degree, Sabina relocated to London in order to obtain some experience in the teaching field. She was fortunate enough to find work at Rishi Green Primary School in Newisham, and the opportunities and challenges she faced there helped her passion flourish. Her class consisted of approximately 30 young children, all of whom were between the ages of five and six, and they all adored their teacher, Sabina. And despite the fact that she enjoyed her work here so much, she knew that gaining the experience would be beneficial to her pursuit of her long-term aim of instructing children in the Middle East. That makes this whole thing a win-win situation. Sabina's life was in order, with her future steps all mapped out, and as a 28-year-old woman living in London, she had a rich social life, often catching up with her friends around the Greenwich neighborhood where she lived. She also had a plan for her future. We are now in the month of September in the year 2021. It was the 17th day of that month, and it was a Friday. Sabina had arranged to meet a couple of her friends at one of their local pubs, the Depot, which was less than 10 minutes down the road from an apartment on Alstall Road in Kidbrook. London was getting ready for another typical summer weekend. Sabina would frequently attempt to avoid being out by herself at night in London because the city has a reputation for not being one of the safest cities for young women strolling alone. When she did go out by herself, however, she would make sure to walk along well-lit paths in regions that were populated. Sabina might have gone either way. 
She could either stroll through the residential neighborhoods or take a shortcut through the neighboring Cater Park, and then continue her journey along a well-lit and busy major road to reach the depot. The issue is that Sabina has never been fond of Cater Park. She never got used to walking through that area since it made her nervous every time. But tonight she was already running behind schedule, and Cater Park was only a little placed anyway. Due to the fact that she was merely passing by, we should not expect her to spend more than a few minutes in there. In addition to this, there was still daylight, and the sun was just beginning to peek over the horizon. And so at 8.30 p.m. that evening, Sabina applied her makeup, located one of her go-to-gowns, and then exited the apartment. She walked down Estelle Road and then entered Cater Park. And in the meantime, Sabina's pals were patiently waiting for her to arrive at the depot. They were excited to see her. Sabina did not show up when she was supposed to, and even when an additional half an hour was added on top of that, she was still nowhere to be found. In addition to this, she was not responding to either her text messages or her phone calls. This was a highly out-of-the-ordinary occurrence for Sabina and her friends were at a loss for what to do in the situation. I know I say this frequently in situations similar to this one. They surmised that perhaps something had transpired that prevented her from attending the meeting, and that this was the likely explanation. Therefore, the evening continued without her participation. At this point in time, there was not a whole lot of reason to be concerned. Sabina, on the other hand, had every intention of meeting up with her companions. Even leaving a flat that was only eight minutes away, she came to be with them. However, she was never able to reach her target. The possibility that something nefarious may have occurred to her never entered the mind of her close body. Because, after all, who would anticipate that anything negative would occur during an eight-minute walk during the day in the midst of the largest city in England? The unfortunate reality, however, is that none of these assumptions were even quite close to being accurate. Saturday, the 18th of the month. The majority of residents in the verdant suburb of Greenwich began their day like they would any other day. The temperature was just right and there was a lot going on in Kidbrook, despite the lack of wind. Others were simply enjoying a lion while others were jogging, taking their children out for the weekend, or taking their kids out for the weekend. A solitary dog walker who was making his way through Cater Park was one of the people seen outside later in the afternoon. While he was focused on breathing in the clean air, his dog started acting abnormally in the long grass at the park's edge. This was strange to me. He moved closer in order to get a better look, and as he got closer, he noticed a person lying in the tall grass, wrapped in various branches. After getting closer, he recognized the person as a person. It occurred to me that possibly they had overindulged in alcoholic beverages the night before and that is why they were found passed out in the bushes. He yelled out to the figure, but it did not respond to him in any way. He felt a sudden sickening in the pit of his stomach as he moved closer to get a better look. 
It turned out to be a little girl. And all of a sudden, he was able to make out a vivid flash of red across her skull. He suddenly became aware that he had been standing in the center of a crime scene, and that what he was observing was not an unproblematic situation. Instantaneously, he moved to retreat. I am calling 999 just before 5.30 in order to report that a body has been discovered at Carter Park. Very soon after that, Police came on the scene and ordered the area to be sealed off so that they could conduct an investigation. And to make matters worse, it did not take long to determine that the body was that of Sabina Nasser. When everyone found out about the tragedy, they were completely shocked and upset. Sabina's neighborhood park was close by and not very long, so she had to have felt comfortable taking a stroll around it. And to make matters even worse, the police were convinced that the park most likely had a lot of people in it. A simple tap on the door of her parents' home would bring their entire world crashing down around them whenever it happened after she was murdered. The news that Sabina had passed away was broken to her family, which is terrible news that no parent should ever have to hear and the path to rehabilitation from something that could never be overcome was the challenge that the family faced at this moment. Over the course of the subsequent days, vigils were soon organized. Candles were carefully lit, and flowers were arranged on the table. Her friends, her family, the children she used to teach, and the rest of the people in the area were all in a state of utter despair. And this feeling of pain and rage would provide the detectives with the impetus they required to find out exactly what had happened to Sabina Nessa. The first step in their plan of action was to appeal to any member of the general public who might have witnessed something peculiar or out of the ordinary earlier that evening to come forward with their account of their observations. This includes inviting folks to contribute footage from their surveillance cameras and dash cams from any and all cameras in the neighborhood. The entire collection of film was meticulously combed through, and the officers' efforts proved fruitful not long after, when they discovered some information that was cause for significant concern. They discovered video footage of a man who was observed wandering along Pegla Square around the time that they believed the attack took place. Pegla Square is a road that runs across Caterpillar Mock. In this video, the man can be seen holding something in his hand that nobody knows what it is while he looks around in a suspicious manner. After that, he turns around and takes a good look behind him before pulling his hood over his head and vanishing from view. And not too much longer after that, on yet another video, a silver automobile was seen leaving the area as it was being recorded. He was walking toward as a result. It was hypothesized that the man was the owner of this vehicle. The police had actually arrested two other men in relation to Sabina's murder prior to this footage being made available to the public. These unnamed individuals were 38 and 41 years old. However, in both of these cases, there was a very distinct lack of evidence of their involvement, and both of them were therefore released. Before this footage was made available to the public, 
The police had actually arrested two other men in relation to Sabina's murder. However, the security film provided investigators with a valuable ad because it located a suspect as well as his headquarters in the same location where Sabina's body was found. This security tape was made available to the general public on September 24, 24 hours after her death, in the hope that it may prompt someone to come forward with information. Soon after this, numerous anonymous tips from the public were made, all of which identified the suspect as Kosi Salamage, a 36-year-old gas station attendant from Albania living in Eastbourne, which is located on the south coast of England. The rumors began to circulate, and not long after this, many anonymous tips from the public were made. Why was Kosi observed in Kidbrook that Friday evening, though he resided more than 50 kilometers away from the location where Sabina was discovered? Kosi Salamage was apprehended after it was determined through experts' analysis that the individual on the surveillance tape was, in fact, him. As a result of this information, he was located in a modest apartment and taken into custody. During the initial stages of the investigation, Kosi refused to answer the police's questions, which is never a good sign. On the other hand, when he was eventually arrested for the murder of Sabina, he had one question to ask himself. What would happen to me if I opened up now and revealed everything? Kosi checked himself into a room at the Grand Hotel, a five-star hotel located in Eastbourne, which he suspected was only five minutes away from where he lived. On September 17, the same day Sabina disappeared, Kosi checked himself into a room at the Grand Hotel. We do not know what kind of deal was made, but from that point on, Kosi revealed everything. On September 17, the same day Sabina disappeared, Kosi checked himself into a room at the Grand Hotel. The staff here was familiar with Kosi, and they were aware that he resided in the area. There was a very good explanation for this, and that was the fact that his newly divorced ex-wife Ionella was currently employed at the hotel. Because of this, the staff felt quite nervous since Kosi would frequently hang out in the lobby and pretend to be waiting for his ex-wife to arrive. And finally, in the meantime, Kosi would frequently stare at any lady that walked by him, which made the other employees of the hotel as well as numerous of the guests very uncomfortable. Ionella's knees grew in proportion to his increasingly peculiar actions. Because she wanted to convince the man otherwise, she consented to have a conversation with him in his car. It was at this point that the primary reason he had reserved a room became apparent. She was naturally nervous while she was with him due to the fact that one of the key reasons for their breakup was due to his violent behavior. In fact, Kosi had choked Ayandela several times in the weeks leading up to their breakup. This caused her to be nervous when she was with him. He was obviously off his rocker. In spite of this, she was not going to allow him to intimidate her, so she tried to reason with him. However, this did not go very well since, in the middle of the conversation, 
Kosi moved to the back seat of his car and suggested that he have sex with his ex-wife. This ended the attempt to reason with Kosi. Ionella declined. She could not believe he would even suggest doing something like that at this point in the conversation. Therefore, she drove off without him, leaving him sitting alone in the trunk of his car. Kosi remained there for a considerable amount of time while maintaining a furious and dissatisfied demeanor. After eventually getting into the driver's seat, he sped out of the parking lot, fled the building, and vanished into the daylight. Kosi never went back to the hotel, and he certainly never went home. Instead, he would go approximately 100 kilometers to London, where he would try to blend in with the crowds and find a woman with whom he could have sexual relations. In his thinking, he would accomplish this goal by any means available to him. After making his journey all the way from the south coast into London, he finally arrived in Kidbrook, where he parked his car and went into a Sainsbury's shop in the neighborhood. The surveillance cameras caught him looking through the home goods area, where he ultimately made a purchase of a rolling pin before heading back to his vehicle. Kosi had to weigh up what to do next, whether to calm down and process his emotions like a man or take his fury out on an innocent bystander. His next option was essential, but it was terribly flawed because of the friends he would anger. Kosi had to weigh what to do next. The second option was the one he went with. After exchanging a rolling pin for an emergency traffic triangle, he got out of the truck and started walking around the neighborhood. The sun was starting to go down as he made his way to Pegla Square. His activities were captured on security film that was later made available to the public, and as he passed the camera, he looked to his right and saw a young woman named Sabina Nessa. She was entering Cater Park unaware of the situation, unaffiliated with it, and unprovoked. Junity Kosi seized the opportunity presented to him, pulled his hood over his head, and followed Sabina into the park. After walking behind her for a short distance down the trail in the park, he picked up his pace at that time, and once he realized there was no one else nearby, he broke into a run. She swung around to face her attacker, but before she could get a good look at him, he pounced on her and attacked her with a folded traffic triangle. Koshi delivered a total of 34 blows to Sabina's head and body before she finally passed out on a park bench. Grabbing her lifeless corpse, Koshi then took her into the adjacent underbrush once she had been rendered unconscious. Before trying to strangle her, he stripped her down to her underwear. He maintained his grip on her neck until the moment that her heart stopped beating. After committing these acts, Kosi covered Sabina's body with a number of branches, gathered the several pots of his smashed traffic triangle, cleaned the park seat, and then vanished into the night, leaving her body to be discovered the very next day. And after making his way back to his vehicle, he quietly drove away, vowing to stay away from Greenwich in the future. Cody made a pit stop at Tunbridge Wells and Kent on the way back to their house, and while he was there, he threw the emergency traffic sign into the River Tees in the hopes that it would be lost for good. 
And then, after handing over his firearm, he continued on with his journey, landing back at the Grand Hotel in Eastbourne at a little bit past midnight. A surveillance camera caught him as he was walking through the lobby on his way to his room. The day after that, he pretended as if nothing had happened and moved on with his life, continuing to work at the Yeso garage where he had previously been employed. That is, until, of course, the cops finally showed up at his house and began questioning him. Autopsies would come back inconclusive concerning the reason for her death, adding to the suffering and confusion that were already present. As a result of the beatings and the strangulation, however, we can probably presume that either method was used. Even though Kosi had planned his assault, the target of his wrath ended up being chosen at random. Kosi's attack was planned, but the victim's was not, which is a scary fact to consider, given that there is nothing you can do to stop it. Sabina, sadly, was a victim of just this kind of horrible event. She was merely the first lonely woman to come into contact with his perilous route. After that, she was out of the running for any possibility of success. Although it was determined that the attack was carried out for sexual reasons, there was in fact no proof of a penetrative assault on the victim. All that was done to them was remove their clothing which leads one to wonder what exactly fulfilled Kosi's needs and provided him with satisfaction. Was it the act of violence itself, the pleasure it provided, or just playing God? Kosi first entered a plea of not guilty to the charge of murdering Sabina, despite the fact that he had confessed to the crime. However, he did confess that he was to blame for Sabina's passing, which is a statement that, if you ask me, is completely incomprehensible. Kosi was locked up in the facility until the month of February in the year 2022, when he was scheduled to make an appearance before the Old Bailey in London for a pre-sentencing hearing. In addition, he would have to deal with Sabina's relatives while he was here. Kosi refused to show, just like the majority of spineless murderers do. Instead of going to his hearing, he chose to wait in his cell the whole time. Despite the fact that he pleaded guilty, while at the same time changing his plea from not guilty to guilty. Sabina's family was incensed by this news. They could not believe the coward would not show his face or his own, and it infuriated them. As far as his misdeeds go, Kosi was given a life sentence in prison with a minimum sentence of 36 years behind bars as a result of his guilty plea. Although it is hoped that he will never know what it is like to be free again, Kosi will have to live to the age of 72 before he is released. Kosi attacked a young woman in a predatory and barbaric manner before he was given the opportunity to do so, despite the fact that she should have felt safe in her own setting. Sabina was well within her rights to go out walking alone that evening and need not have had any concerns about being more than a half mile from her house. Unfortunately, this level of safety was compromised. The assault generated a citywide campaign aimed at increasing awareness of women's safety in London, offering guidance to women, 
and imploring everyone to look out for each other and hold each other accountable where it was necessary to do so. As a good number of you are probably aware, throughout this time period, there were a number of other incidents that occurred under circumstances that were very similar. This covers Sarah Everard as well as the cases of Bieber Henry and Nicole Smallman that I discussed in a previous post. Since the day that Sabina Nessa was killed, members of her family, who were devastated by the news of her passing, have been attending vigils and memorials where they light candles in her honor. Her extended family has continued to share their feelings of love and sorrow for a daughter, a sister, a teacher, and a friend. The memories of Sabina's sisters include her being lovely, talented, and compassionate. She is, and will continue to be, their motivation to put themselves first at all times and to never let anyone else to bring them down. It is very evident, as seen by the vigil and the outpouring of affection for Sabina, that she has created a significant void in her community. She had a lot of life ahead of her with a lot of plans, all of which will now unfortunately remain unfulfilled for the rest of her life. Sabina's life was tragically cut short by the senseless and unpredictable actions of a cruel and ignorant individual. What's most disturbing about this case is that Sabina had no chance to defend herself. She was completely vulnerable and defenseless against the attack that led to her untimely death. It's terrifying to think that women can't even walk for 10 minutes without feeling unsafe or threatened by individuals like these. It raises the question of who can truly feel safe in this world. Nonetheless, I want to express my gratitude for your attention to this situation. If you found this scenario thought-provoking or interesting, please consider giving it a like and subscribing to our newsletter. Additionally, if you have any ideas or thoughts, please leave them in the comments below. We always appreciate your participation. As always, I'll be returning soon to discuss another case. Until then, it's important that we all look out for one another. Goodbye.